so anyway, I'm walking along praising God and um, I have sort of a charismatic moment, if you want to say, because suddenly I I really heard in my spirit, um, Sue, you're beautiful. Oh, wow. And, and I knew it was from Jesus. I really did. I just, I knew I was praying, you know, and right at that mm-hmm. moment, I hear, Sue, you're beautiful. And I just, it was like this whoosh yeah. of, of love and pre- the presence of God was there. And I, I, I never felt so beautiful before, Elaine, mm-hmm. really. Welcome to the Imagine Momcast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz, and today I'm talking to Sue Coral. She's the head of Crown of Beauty International, and she does work all over the world to help women break free from the strongholds in their life and the lies that they believe and get free in Jesus and move forward in a phenomenal way. Some of the things that, like the way that she has been able to bring Christ into people's life and has just it's transformed their families not just them so i can't wait for you to hear how that works how you can also be transformed and also her story and how god changed her life so check this out and make sure you hear the entire thing because she gives some so many nuggets all the way through that you're going to really benefit from We interrupt this programming to bring you an amazing announcement that I wrote you a book. What? You wrote me a book? Yes, I wrote you a book. It's called Mom of Six Dies Laughing, How to Ditch the Overwhelm and Mom Guilt, Feel More Connected and Empowered, and Have More Fun. Why did I write this book? You know what? I wrote it because there were so many times as a mom that I have felt burnt out when I wanted to feel energized and connected. There's so many times when I felt mom guilt when I needed to feel like I'm winning and there were so many times where I just felt like I didn't know what I was doing or I didn't know where to go next or I felt like I had no creative juices whatsoever left and I wanted you guys to feel instead like you were super creative and had all kinds of ideas and knew that you were not alone in all these struggles so make sure you get the book you can go to imaginemom.com book to get pick it up today or go to Amazon. It's also available there on paperback and Kindle. So I cannot wait for you to read it. I it was a really great book. It's humorous. It's full of lots of great stories. If nothing else, you can laugh at all my hijinks and the crazy mistakes that I made as a mom and feel a lot better about yourself. So get it today. Check it out. Hi all, this is Elaine Kohanowitz here with the Imagine Momcast, and I'm super excited to have Sue Coral on with me today. She has a ministry called um, Crown of Beauty International, and she does some amazing things to help women break through lies and be filled with the truth of God and be filled with his freedom. And so I'm super excited to hear more about how that works. Um, she does conferences, she has workbooks, she travels internationally. So in many, many different ways, she helps women, um, be set free from the things that are holding them back. And so I'm excited to hear her story and how she helps women with that. So welcome, Sue. Hey, welcome. Great to be here. So tell us, uh, just briefly, um, about, uh, 
like how many kids you have and where you're at and kind of you're just about to go traveling too I think is that right right? yeah I am I'm about to go to Bangladesh in three weeks so I have because we were shut down from COVID in 2020 I had 11 trips canceled and then 2020 we didn't even bother to try you know and trying to get our money back from flights and all that was crazy Uh, but we were able to do a lot virtually which was pretty pretty cool even in india and lebanon and different places so that was neat opened some opportunities for us but it's great to start traveling again i gotta say yeah that's awesome so So, do you travel with your husband sometimes my i work for crew used to be called campus crusade for christ Uh, the ministry that i began was more or less on my own Um, But of course, I'm with crew, but they allow me to be an entrepreneur and develop my own thing, which is called Crown of Beauty International. And I I started that in 2005, living in China, actually. I I lived there for Mm -hmm. 20 years and just moved back in 2016. I also been Philippines for two years, Hong Kong for one year. And so, yeah, lived overseas a long time most of my adult life actually I started in Hawaii I'm from Philadelphia but mm. my first assignment was really tough was University of Hawaii <laughs> in youth ministry really tough, <laughs> tough hey. <laughs> but it, it really prepared me because it's all Asian culture mm-hmm. and so it was super cool because all the gals I worked with were either Filipinas Chinese Japanese descent, uh, Indonesian, or or internationals, actually, that were studying at University of Hawaii. So yeah. I was used to eating sushi and rice and using chopsticks and taking my shoes off at the door. And it, it was just helpful. It was one, and, and even understanding cultures, you know, Asian cultures, so I think it was great. But I do have two kids. They are now 23, just turned 23, and 25, a daughter, Joanna, and a son, Chris. So Chris uh, lives with us until January, he said. He's a a screenwriter, so he's trying to get his movies out there. He's written four now. Wow, uh, well, that's cool. I'm proud of him, but but of course he has to get them bought and produced and all that, (laughs) the hard hard work now. And my daughter, she lives two and a half hours north of me, and she's a barista now going back to school for massage therapy so Mm, yeah they lived their whole childhood well Chris was born in the Philippines and we moved to China when he was two and Joanna spent her whole childhood and Chris did in China after that and just came back for college which is the main reason we moved back as well as Mm. to help my mother who by that point was a widow oh wow yeah. So you've had like an amazing life already. We could we could just delve straight into that, but we're gonna actually go back a little bit farther, which is where your journey began um, when dealing with the lies that you believed yourself, right? So tell us how that kind of got started. Yeah, it started in a sense from birth, although I didn't believe lies at that point, obviously, but it had to do with that. I was born with a very severe cleft palate with no nose, no upper lip, no upper palate or no palate, 
I had all kinds of bronchial issues, hearing issues, lots of problems. Heart stopped once, stopped breathing a lot. Oh, so wow. I had um, 26 surgeries. So Jeez. Quite, yeah, quite a few in the first three years. I practically lived at the hospital and then every summer until I was 15. So the greatest challenge in that, of course, there were a lot of physical challenges in that, but the greatest challenge was when I went to school. Mm. And that's where the lies began. Before that, my family was very sweet and affirming and um, my mom was a nurse, so she could be with me at the hospital, that kind of thing. Uh, but there were issues there, like aloneness and fear, and some of that came up at that point. But the biggie was going to school, and right away, kids would tease me because I, I didn't speak properly. I had a lot oh. of speech problems and had speech therapy until I was 11, so it's kind of funny that I was a worship leader for 17 years and I'm a public speaker now. <laughs> so praise God. That is awesome, right. isn't it? Yeah, that's the Lord, right? Uh, he uses our weaknesses <laughs> or heals us so that our weaknesses become strengths. So um, at any rate, what was happening in school is I got all these terrible nicknames from the boys. They called me pug face and dog face and freak and all these things and ugly and I really started to believe it even though mom would always be like oh no you're pretty you know that kind of thing yeah uh-huh. I had I had plenty of friends girlfriends they didn't really care you know I'm very extroverted so they were fine but it it got me to a point where I really believed that lie that I was ugly and rejectable and couldn't be loved by men became my truth, my life. And it oh, wow. very much dictated my childhood. And unfortunately, um, I was very successful in athletics. And that mm. helped. That gave me a lot of confidence. It started when I was 12 and by college made a U.S. lacrosse team. And that gave me a lot of confidence. But still with oh, me. Wow. Yeah, that helped. And it built a lot of leadership in me and teamwork and all those wonderful things that kids learn from athletics. I'm a big fan of that <laughs> as a PE major first um, before I got later degrees. But wow, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that that was helpful, but still that lie was still it laying lodged in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it even influenced me when I went into full time Christian work, right? out of college in youth work in Hawaii. And of course, my team was actually more men than women. And and you're working with the students, a lot of them are men. And, and, and I did care about them, but there was enough fear in me of what if they reject me? You know, that was really uh. what was going on, that I always had this wall up towards them that came across as oh sue's very serious like with them i was really serious but with the girls i was wacky and fun and and you know give them big hugs and hang out but with the guys i'd be like oh are you having your quiet time or how are you doing with god you know yeah 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 <laughs> you couldn't like you felt like you could be yourself yeah because it was that feeling that if if they're a little afraid of me they're not gonna put me down they're gonna 
hold back uh-huh. themselves. And that was that was my coping mechanism, my protective behavior. And that continued until the Lord started to heal my heart in um, my later 20s. So I did date some before that, even had a very serious relationship. But I can say that most likely the breakups were related to that. Mm. that Your own insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. And so the way that I would come across, um, I mean, the first, the first guy that told me, um, you know, I really care about you. I think you're really beautiful. And I said, no, I'm not. And no, I don't want to date you. And it was just, I just was like, no, I can't handle this. That was when I was 22, I think. Um, But I mean, that got better. So I did get into some serious relationships uh, after that. But I didn't get married till I was 34. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's older, but I, I, I don't know if that's why. I mean, I look back and I'm like, no, my husband's awesome. <laughs> He's like <laughs> the perfect guy. So uh, I dated some pretty godly men along the way. And so maybe it was just the Lord was saving me for Todd. I don't know. <laughs> Todd mm-hmm. me. But definitely, at least I can say that the healing God did in my life allowed me to have a very healthy uh marriage and healthy parenting style if you want to call it yeah so when did that like when did it become like kind of apparent to you I guess that you didn't that you did believe something that wasn't that was kind of working against you I know sometimes we can't identify it perfectly yet but we just have this sense that something's not working right yeah for sure I was about um 27 or 28 and I was on a team with uh, several people, but this one guy I had to work closely with. Uh, my director and I were super tight, no problem. I loved him. He was like my bro, my bro, you know, like mm-hmm. my brother. I have two two older brothers, and I'm close to them. But um, the this guy I was assigned to work with. He became the men's director of discipleship, and I was the women's director of discipleship. So mm. we had to closely together. Well, he's the sweetest guy on the planet. He's just such a kind, nice guy. And yet I was forever irritated by him. <laughs> and I'm like, what is the matter with me? Every time we meet, I'm just mad at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I started praying about it, and the Lord revealed to me that he he reminds you of your dad Hmm. well my my dad also very sweet fun kind but I did get hurt by my dad a lot he he divorced Hmm. my mom he'd had an affair and um and he apologized greatly after and he's now a believer and he remarried and he's great but it, it hurt me a lot he also never he always affirmed me he loved me, but he never affirmed me in my femininity, like, oh, you're my beautiful little girl, or oh, mm-hmm. little girl, like some fathers will do. And um, and I even remember I was about 25, and that's when I was in a really serious relationship. And so I was, you know, I redid my hair, I had these awesome clothes, I was looking good, you know, for this guy. And 
and I came back on furlough and and my dad took me out and he just stopped at the meal. He's looking across the table and he says, wow, wow, you're beautiful. Like, uh, and I should have yeah. encouraged me, but it didn't. It was yeah. more the first time that he acknowledged that. And I was 25 years old. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so it, it and he, he even called over the guy that owned the restaurant who he knew. And, hey, you got to meet my daughter. She's so beautiful. I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so that impacted me a lot. And I just, God began to heal my heart towards my dad and help me to see that I was believing a lie that my my dad did not plant there. He, yeah. he um, added to it. As I continued to pray, the Lord just brought back all those memories of the boys in school. And probably had I not had those memories, you know, um, with that childhood experience with the kids, I probably could have handled dad because he was really loving and affirming to me as a person, you know? Yeah. 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 But unfortunately, um, it worked against me. So what though brought the healing league? If, is that okay? If I keep going on here? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Was uh shortly after that so first I had to like forgive my dad and my heart and forgive those guys so forgiveness is key I think Mm. when people have wounded us um we do need to ask forgiveness uh or forgive them and even ask forgiveness to the Lord that we were holding that bitterness or grudge against them um I also I guess I'll go ahead and say in college because I believe those lies. Uh, I got myself into trouble just longing for the love and attention of a man. Um, I ended up getting raped in college. And so I had to forgive that guy too, you know. But that's what happens when, you know, you believe lies. Then, you know, you lots of behavioral things, lots of things can happen in how you behave in ways that then can hurt you more, right? So that's oh man, what a tragedy. Yeah, it was a bummer. But (laughs) the Lord really brought a lot of healing to my heart. And so the the next thing that happened was I was reading through Psalm 139 and it just happened to be where I was, I guess, going through Psalms. And I came to the passage in Psalm 139, 13, and 14, where I knit you together in your mother's womb, and and then David cries out, I praise you, God, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. And right away, I said, I don't really believe that. I never have. Anytime I heard this verse, I didn't believe it. But now I'm old enough and mature enough to realize that that's not okay, because it's God's Uh word. You wow. Know, I huh. think I felt before that, like, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. But by that point in my Christian maturity, I realized all of God's word is true, no matter how you feel. If even wow. you feel that's not true, it doesn't change the fact that it is true. Like today, <laughs> when when kids will say, um, oh, well, I'm not sure God exists. And I just want to say, well, you can think what you want, but he does. And <laughs> it's very clear in scripture. And scripture has so much evidence in and of itself to prove that. Yeah, that's kind of funny, though. Like, it doesn't change the truth whether you feel a certain way about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I realized reading that scripture that David wasn't just talking about himself. He was talking about all of humanity because we're all created in the image of God going back to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, if I'm created in the image of God, which when I looked up the word fearfully, that we're fearfully made, that's what that's referring to. That we're mm-hmm. fear, we fearfully are in awe of what God has made. Oh, oh I've never really heard it explained it's, before. It's that kind of fear. It's in, it's in awe that I'm created in the image of God, that I reflect to those around me who God is. And I mm-hmm. realized, I thought, wow, God, you're beautiful. Jesus talks about him, not his earthly, but you know, mm-hmm. his resurrected being that he is beautiful. And there's different passages in Song of Songs and different places that talk about that. And in God's eyes, I thought, wow, I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. And so I quick looked up wonderfully in Hebrew. And that one means that not only are we wonderful, but we're unique, that God mm-hmm. has made each of us unique and different from everybody else. And that he thoughtfully created us the way that he wanted with exactly the eyes and nose and brain and uh, skills and talents. And so it was so freeing, Elaine. It was like, finally. So I took a walk with my dog at that point. I I have a love dog. So that was a different dog than what I'm on right now. But anyway, my sweet dog and I'm I was in China, but we lived in a beach town. It was stunning. So I'm walking Mm -hmm. along the beach and I'm pondering this passage and I'm thanking God and I'm praising him by faith, you know, Mm because even even it's not like the feelings, boom, go away. Right. I wondered that. Like, how was it? Yeah, not. But I said, God, I'm going to choose to believe you and you can bring the feelings when you want. You know, just like I chose to forgive my dad and the sky and the feelings came after and they did I brought I had a peace come over me and and really brought more of um unity and love to my dad you know mm. not that other creepy guy but anyway <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway I'm walking along praising God and um I have sort of a charismatic moment if you want to say <laughs> because suddenly I I really heard in my spirit um Sue, you're beautiful. Oh, wow. And, and I knew it was from Jesus. I really did. I just, I knew I was praying, you know, and right at that <laughs> moment, I hear, Sue, you're beautiful. And I just, it was like this whoosh yeah. of, of love and pre- the presence of God was there. And I, I, I never felt so beautiful before, Elaine, really. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I was like, it was so wonderful. I thought, wow, if, if I'm not beautiful to anybody else in the world, it doesn't matter because Jesus just told me I'm beautiful. And I was crying and it was just, it was really, really cool. So that, that is awesome. Yeah. So out of that, that's how I began to counsel women overseas. I met with a lot of missionaries, counseled them who were new in the field and, and they're all struggling with all kinds of things. But I guess what I got out of that, not just that I'm beautiful, but learning that it's we need to walk in truth and Mm -hmm. that 
the enemy plants lies in our heart. He uses people. He uses circumstances way back from our childhood that stay with us even into our adult life. And it impacts how not only how we view ourselves, but how we behave then, you know, to cover up or to mask or to ignore or to protect our heart from feeling those lies or that pain again. Yeah, I I totally understand. I mean, so often I mean, I've had this in my own life. I mean, I had something actually happen not that long ago. And, you know, like, it's like logically it really, I mean, if I'd have thought it through logically like that, taking the time, you know, to kind of think about it like that, it, it shouldn't have affected me like it did, right? Right. But you just have this sort of subconscious reaction right. because you you don't realize in that moment that it's like triggering something from your past, right? And after doing some reflection, you know, I did realize that it 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 was triggering something from my past mm. and something that was a lot more significant than what happened in the future, right? That what had happened in the present. Right. But, you know, until you recognize that, then sometimes it's hard to overcome it. Right. So that's what we try to do in our ministry is um, at conferences even we give each in a small group. We have women share uh, any lies. By the time they get to the small group, they've already heard a lot of different truths and lies about who we are and who God is. And so we can, I have a whole list. It's in both my Bible study material, our conference material. I think it's even on our website under resources. Mm. Uh, You know, a whole list people begin to say, well, yeah, sometimes I believe this lie or I have believed this lie in the past. Um, I can send that list out to you. Yeah. We can put a link to it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So then as you see that and you compare it to what God's word is, then you pray, you say, in Jesus' name, I renounce that lie that I'm whatever, that I'm useless, I'm no good, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, whatever it is. And I accept the truth. And as Jesus, when Satan fought him in Luke 4, Mm -hmm. he used God's word. So you can state the truth, you know, that I am valuable, for example, but if you know scriptures or you can look up scriptures or have people help you and you can claim scriptures like I'm precious and honored in your sight and you love me, according to Isaiah. So you can, you know, begin to counteract those lies with the truth and then Mm -hmm. you continue to meditate on them and in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about renewing your mind, and then you'll be transformed. So it's renewing is a, a continuous verb there. And so it's something not mm-hmm. one time, but I have to keep renewing my mind. So that's with that one Psalm 139, 14, I just kept saying it, you know, mm-hmm. every day and praising God, maybe for like a month every day, you claim that scripture or that truth when you pray each day. And pretty soon it literally transforms you. And I've been doing more study on the brain lately, by the way. And it yeah. really is interesting that 
you literally build a new pathway. It shifts from that negative thought, builds a new pathway so that the next time, for example, I might walk into a room and there's two of us in the room and a guy walks in and he goes to this other girl and not me to say hi and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that my old pathway would have already automatically taken me to, oh, I'm so ugly and, and shame. Right. And the new pathway takes me to, well, I want to go meet him and the scout and I'm going to go over there and and talk to them. I bet he's a neat guy to meet, you know, so it it takes you to a whole new place. But it takes that renewal to really building new neuro pathways to help. Well, when you were doing it in in your life, like when you said God spoke to you and he said you were beautiful, was that before or after you like started kind of meditating on the scripture? I I think it was maybe a, a f- couple days after. It wasn't okay. very long. Yeah. So so I think is that would that be also like something like do do you encounter that people have God speak to them? You know, the, and then that kind of replaces the lie with the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know God. <sighs> He works in supernatural ways. I just gave this talk uh, this past weekend where when he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your your soul, your mind, and your strength, that a part of the word mind there, okay, the Greek there, includes the word, the idea of imagination. It's not just mm. your, your um, thought processes of concretely what you know but yeah also referring to your imagination that god even wants to speak to us like he speaks to people through art or through music right that's more like you imagine these new ideas or but so i think he can well we see this when i go to the middle east just about every person i talk to has had a dream oh wow muslims they have dreams that often lead them to christ so I've God, heard people tell those stories. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It is actually true. It just blows my mind. Like say like 95% of them have dreams. Or something. Wow. So that is just how God communicates to them. And partially because they don't have many people there to tell them about Christ. Uh-huh. So, yeah, as God wants to touch your heart, he might give you like uh, I've I've experienced this, my daughter's experienced this, I've heard others experience it, where suddenly they have a picture in their, like a video almost in their head of dancing with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. often they're wearing a beautiful gown, you know, oh, and yeah. so I, I've had that, you know. So I don't, don't limit God. He'll speak to you through the word. He'll speak to you through just when you're praying and you need an encouraging word, somebody you love calls you and Mm -hmm. tells you an encouraging word, or um, you find a note that somebody has sent to you, that kind of thing. Or, yeah, he might just give you, oh, you might hear something in your spirit, because his spirit connects with our spirit and can Mm -hmm. speak to our spirit, speak to our mind. And it might be through scripture, it might be through a picture, you know, that kind of thing. I I was uh, sitting in on a healing prayer one time and the 
gal had this picture of her and Jesus jumping on a trampoline. And yeah, and like God was basically saying, like, you need to quit worrying about it. (laughs) I got this. You know what I mean? Let's just go have fun. (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Um, So I I love that you shared that because I think that you're right. We got to be like open to to God, like working in unexpected ways sometimes in the way that he, you know, speaks to us and and definitely through the word. So so you were you were then using the word to to like, like you said, to redefine your mind as far as like the way you think about things. Right. So I think. When it says to meditate on it. So, for example, if I'm, well, we'll take the one, because uh, a lot of people struggle with feeling useless um, or not valuable, unimportant, invisible, unseen, insignificant. Those are, you know, all kind of around that, that area of how valuable or important am I. And so there's a, a passage in Isaiah that says that we're precious and honored in his sight, that he loves us. And um, it's in Isaiah 43, 4. So let's say that you're struggling with that. You are feeling no good, useless, worthless because, and again, you want to ask the Lord, where did that begin? So Mm -hmm. why that's important is about 95% of the time, it did begin in childhood at some point. The reason is, is because when you're a child, you're vulnerable. You don't have the ability, like abstract thinking, conceptual thinking yet, mm, to fight yeah. those lies. So if somebody, if a, your mother says to you, why don't you clean up your room? You always make me do it. You're just so useless. What's the point? I'm exhausted because of you, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. You hear that. And the enemy, so Satan's the enemy, right? He'll take something that that a person said, and he'll just keep repeating it in your head mm-hmm. over and over and over. He'll keep saying it. Yeah, you're just useless. You're just useless. You know, that kind of thing. And the when you then become an adult, even though if your boss says to you, uh, hey, I, I asked you to turn this in yesterday, I really needed it. And now I'm, I'm really up a creek because I had yeah. to submit that. But so I, I need you when I tell you to have these things on time. That kind of just happened to my daughter. <laughs> but she was a sweet boss, you know, and they talked it through. But it's that, you know, it's common. So um, then you, if you have this past, what happens is even though your boss might have said it, just letting you know five deadlines, I kind of need you to keep them. Right. But wasn't even mean about it, maybe, or even if they were right. But boom, because as a child, you felt that reprimand defined who you are. It didn't Mm. define your behavior. It defined who you are. It brought shame Mm. into your life. Mm. You see, guilt is related to behavior. For all you, you're a mom podcast. All you moms out there, we can correct the behavior of our kids. But we want to be careful to let them know that this isn't who they are as a person. Mm. Because when when I correct the behavior, when I say, honey, I really need you to clean up your room. I told you three times. All right. Now I'm going to have to punish you. Mm -hmm. But you 
that's fine. You know, you're saying I need to punish you so you'll remember and clean your room. It's important. You're correcting the behavior. And next time the kid doesn't clean it up, he starts feeling really guilty and then maybe he'll clean it up. Right. It <laughs> produces guilt. But guilt with behavior is OK. That's helpful. The Holy Spirit brings guilt so that we'll repent, or, you mm-hmm. know, confess and repent. But if the mother says, I've told you already three times to clean up your room. What are you deaf? Are you mm-hmm. incompetent? Are you incapable as a person to understand the words of your mother? Because you're frustrated and you yeah. start mouthing off like that. This now brings shame. Shame has to do with the character. Now as a person, this little boy or girl is thinking, wow, I'm incapable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have the capacity to even listen, to pay attention, you know, whatever. And it, yeah. that because they're they young, internalize that like that. Right. Because they're young, they're not able to think. Now, if they're older, if they're 18 or 17 or something, they'll be like, oh, my gosh, my mother, she's just so overreacts. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Or, they, or they've or they've had a bad day or they just ignore it or whatever. And so it's not going to shame them. They're going to know oh, I don't want to be punished again because I they took away my TV rights or whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's not shame. All right. So what the lies are really producing a lot of um, shame often in our life. So that's one thing we need healing from. So anyway, so here's this person now as an adult, even though as an adult, you'd think, oh, I could figure out that my boss, like you said, is having a bad day or she's just trying to warn me because this is a need she has. But if you have that wound from the past, you become like a child in that specific area. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you process uh, what's going on like a child. And so suddenly you feel like, wow, I, I'm, I'm so useless. And the enemy can get in there. He'll, again, he's going to throw those lies back at you, the same ones, and might add a little things like you should just quit that job. You're no yeah. good. Or your boss, she thinks you're incompetent. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon you're scary your boss and it destroys your relationship with your boss. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So the meditation is I, I go back. I realize, wow, I've been feeling incompetence since I was a child. And you ask the Holy Spirit to show you when. Now, I don't think you need to dwell on that um, painful experience for long It's just identifying it so that you can understand all the emotions and all the lies connected to it. And then you can give that to the Lord. Because it's almost, don't you think it's almost like shining a light on it? Yeah. Yeah. It's bringing, yeah, out of the darkness into the light. And so that Satan can't keep shame in your life. Yeah, because I I feel like the way you're describing it, you know, it's almost like he he you know he operates the best in darkness and in confusion and so like when you shine a light on it it kind of seems like it breaks his power exactly yeah precisely yeah yeah and so then you go to um scripture you can go back like to a concordance you can try you can ask others there's books that you can see the lie and then there's the truth. And mm. and we have even in our book, some of the whole five pages of truths based on 
um, to counteract the lies. So you find this verse, for example, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you right there in the middle, God says to the, his people. And so you just ponder that. Okay, Lord, what does that mean that I'm precious? What do I think of Holy Spirit? What is now you could be like me. I love to look up original language and you could see <laughs> if that gives you deeper insight. You know, you can go on any of these Bible apps or anything. I like the blue letter Bible. Okay. Then you just push the button for the interlinear concordance and it'll bring up the Hebrew and then you click on that and it'll tell you all the definitions of that word. It's pretty cool. Nice. So, but anyway, or you don't need to do that even. What does that mean, precious? What's precious to me? Oh, my dog, she's so precious. I just take care of her. I, I, you know, you just ponder on that and God will give you uh, such a broader feeling. You mean, Lord, you, you feel to me the way, like, how I do with my little, my little puppy, just so sweet. And, yeah. You know, kind of thing. And honored. What, what in the world? I honor you, God. You're saying you honor me? Oh, my goodness. I don't deserve it. No, so you do deserve that. You know, that kind of thing. And right. the insight was because I love you. Wow, Lord, thank you. And so as you continue to meditate on it, he might give you pictures. He might not. It might just be the words. Mm-hmm. You know, does that help? Oh, yeah. So so and then so what they do then is that they continue to meditate on that. And then have you seen like people's lives changing or have they like talked to you about? I've literally had husbands call me up and thank me. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's changed so much. I had a little little 10 year old drew a picture of a happy mom and, and, and told gave it to her. And said, Mommy, I'm so happy that now you're a happy mom. And she goes, well, what do you mean? She goes, you don't yell anymore. You, you're you just so happy, you know. Wow. And, and so she brought that to me and, and said, wow, this getting free from this lie has changed how I behave to my kids. Wow. Because that's the thing. In, um, chi- in China because of the cultural revolution that they went through for 10 years was where everybody was yanked out of school, yanked out of their jobs. Lots of people were put in prison. Uh, But during that time, they were shamed into behaving certain ways, okay, into accepting the whole party line and all that. So um, during that time, it, it, built into people this sense of uh you know i'm i'm no good i'm just Mm. no good and out of that came anger but it was all repressed so Mm. the chinese people are so sweet like yeah it's just wonderful to be with them but they have so much repressed anger that came Mm. from that that Often, unfortunately, when we repress anger, eventually it comes out and it comes out in explosive ways in rage. So Uh, I find myself needing, especially for mothers, you know, it's hard, right? When you have two and three year olds and they don't listen to what you're saying, you can't control them. mm -hmm. And see, they they were so controlled during the Cultural Revolution and it, it that 
you know, they now are trying to control their kids. And when they can't, then the rage comes out. I'm oversimplifying it. It's very complicated, but and there can be yeah. many reasons. But that's just one of many there. That's a cultural thing that impacted them. There's family things. There's, you know, there's different reasons why we have repressed anger in our life. But in helping them get free so mm-hmm. that then they began to see how God viewed them and who God was. There was very much a, a feeling of God as a punishing God. God oh. You know, every time I mess up, I'm going to I get yelled at by God. Mm. Even because that that's like their experience. Yeah. So it's interesting because even scriptures that I would read with the with Jesus voice being gentle, they were reading the same thing with a harsh voice. So the reading scripture, like when when Jesus um, turned to the disciples, disciples, when the boat was getting swamped with water and he was sleeping in the boat and they woke him up and don't you care that we drown and and then then jesus uh healed you know not healed he stopped the wind and stopped the storm and they were terrified and amazed and and then he he said to them that why you still have so little faith but of course he had to say it loud because of well by then the storm had stopped but you know they're out in the middle of the ocean but the sea but you know it's like why like it's always like I read that like frustration like don't you know how much I love you I would never let I told you we're going to get to the other side of course I care about you you know and you saw me do all these miracles can't don't you know I can do this yet it's like more I read that more out of like frustration like don't you know how what? much I love you. Yeah. How much I love you. Why do you still have so much, so little faith? But how my Chinese sisters often read it was, why do you still have so little faith? Yeah. You yeah. Know, I I didn't like a condemnation. It. Yeah. And so getting free from that, it was so beautiful because otherwise it came out in their parenting and their marriage. And that's, I'm, I don't want to generalize Chinese, you know, and, and this is also over there, not in America, you know, but and honestly, just such I just have to say, people, if you have any feeling with Chinese, I hope it's good because they're just incredibly beautiful, wonderful people um, that I love. So but getting that that was just an example of freedom. And honestly, it's not just China. It's the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's our culture. And especially during covid that has really come out that there is such an increase in child abuse it's insane oh yeah yeah and it's that rage it's that repressed emotion from all that we've gone through and it's coming out and so again it's i think you talked about maybe on my show i don't know but you talked about trigger and it it triggers things from our past and so mm-hmm. we need to get healing from that, you know, or it's going to come out on our, on our, in our parenting, on our own kids or in our marriage. Do you, do you find that sometimes women, like when they, they start to um, maybe identify the lie that then they have to forgive before they can get to the truth? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. We, 
we like to always start people out. Is the Holy Spirit just putting any people in your life that he's asking you to forgive? Because unforgiveness turns to bitterness if we don't deal with it. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is the people that we're not forgiving, they have usually have moved on. They don't even think yeah. about us. But meanwhile, we're living in bondage every day because we're thinking about it either every day or it's impacting us every day. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lord says um, in, I think it's Romans 12, I'll look it up real quick here. Um, yeah, in Romans 12, 19, he says, do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And so he's saying, look, rep- um, when I forgive somebody, I'm not saying it's okay what you did to me. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is I re- I do forgive you because Christ forgave me and he tells me to forgive you and because it's up to God to deal with you. So a better way to think of forgiveness maybe for some of us is to think of releasing it to God. Mm, mm -hmm. That just helps because otherwise, especially if you've been raped or sexually abused or some horrible things like that or mistreated in your marriage, um, it's it's hard. It's rough. But to realize what what Christ means here is he's going to he promises his justice. He promises mm. to deal with that wrong. And so we release that to God so that I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm not in bondage to it anymore. And God is going to deal with that. Both yeah. both here often he'll have repercussions in, in that person's life and definitely eternally. So mm-hmm. I just, that's what forgiveness is about. That's awesome. So do you find that um, that once they've forgiven, then they can kind of go forward in the truth? Because I, I feel like that's sometimes a stumbling block, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, again, these are things we have to build those new pathways, right? So it may be something I continue to do if if I really can't, I don't sense there's been a change. Mm-hmm. When when we believe lies or we walk in sin uh, continuously, it can build what the scripture talks about as strongholds in our life, where mm-hmm. the footholds, okay, Ephesians um, 4, 26, I think it is, talks about a foothold that can come into our life when we we don't we hold on to anger and we don't forgive then it can become a foothold uh then that can become i did get it right 426 in your anger do not sin do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold okay Mm. You're, you're allowing him to now become attached so to speak to that Mm -hmm. that unforgiveness and it becomes bitterness and it eats away at your soul and then if you continue in that it actually becomes a stronghold and so when it's a stronghold you're giving permission basically without realizing it but for the enemy to continue to attack your mind you know continue to keep that lie 
keeps coming back, coming back, or that um, that emotion of a bitterness coming back, coming back, or whatever it is. So that's why if I realize I've sinned, I need to confess it and then repent. And mm. I need to say, Lord, okay, I want to do a 180 here. I want to change how I am, but I need you to help me, right? I can't yeah. do that on my own. I, I've already been behaving this way for years, possibly. So I need the power of the spirit to enable me to have the power to, to change. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, I heard it. It's amazing. Like you could be a Christian for so long and you hear it one way. But like recently I heard it a different way and it was so much better, which is, you know, that they say repent is like, you know, turning, like you said, 180 degrees. But uh, one of the pastors, she said, well, it's actually turning towards Christ. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's so cool because it takes the pressure off you to figure it out right because you know you need to change but obviously you probably tried before potentially and it hasn't worked right Right. so you know you have to have Christ to to make those changes yeah and when you think about it Satan is a fallen angel right he's not God he doesn't have the power of God but he's the head of a large army. So one third of the angels were cast out. So we have two thirds on our side. He only has one third. (laughs) So one third were cast out and he oversees them. And that's a rather large army and even seems to be set up like, you know, the general, the major, like we do it with human armies. Mm -hmm. And so those demons they're around and they're trying to take us down and they're mm-hmm. looking for every opportunity. And so if I hang on to that bitterness or whatever, lust or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or even those lies like I was doing, that became a stronghold in my life where mm-hmm. I really felt it was the truth. And uh, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, that we have weapons that we can use to demolish strongholds, the weapons Mm. of prayer and the word of God. And so then it goes on to say, we're to demolish all those arguments, every pretension, everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So the strongholds are really demonic beings presence okay Mm -hmm. that they're not residing in you but they're coming against you and so i literally for me and from the example that jesus tells the disciples he tells sends them out to bring healing but also to deliver people from demonic attack okay Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and at first they come back and say hey we we told the demons to leave and they didn't leave and they're mad, you know, and, and Jesus is like, you didn't do it in my name. You did it in yourself. You can't rely on yourself. Yeah. You need yeah. to rely on me. It's what you just said. And so they went back and they, they did, they, in Jesus name or however they prayed it, but you know, in the name of any authority that Christ has given me in his name, we command you to go. And guess what? They all went. That's they awesome. You know, mm-hmm. all these people got set free. So if, like you're saying, 
um, a lot of times it's just the renewing of your mind, but sometimes there really is an invitation I unknowingly gave yeah. to the demonic presence. And so I just need to tell it to leave, but I got to tell it to leave in Jesus' name with the authority Christ has given me, right? Because yeah. he says he gives us that authority to cast out demons is the, actually literally what it says in scripture. But all I'm doing is saying, hey, you have no rights over me. I'm a child of God. Right. And I live for Jesus Christ. And I've already confessed my sin, you know, of bitterness or unforgiveness or or I've confessed that I've been believing this lie and I refuse to believe it anymore. And in Jesus name, I command this lying spirit to leave or this spirit of unforgiveness or this spirit of anger to leave. And oftentimes that's when you'll see the breakthrough. So what I tell people is awesome. first you just, you repent, you know, you confess, you repent, um, you renounce the lie and accept, begin to wash your mind with the truth of what mm-hmm. God's word says. And if you still see nothing happening, you're not seeing a breakthrough. Um, well, there's a couple things with that. One is maybe you need some people to come pray with you. you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe be, because it's been something for there's still a, a hurt, a wound because you went through some trauma. You might need counseling. That mm-hmm. might that might do it. <laughs> that might be mm-hmm. still what you need. But it never hurts, I'll tell you, to say, hey, any demonic being attached to my anger, I've given that over to God and I command you to go now in Jesus name. It never hurts to say that because we we can't really um, typically know for sure if there's any kind of attachment or, um, you know what I mean by attachment? Like, yeah, no, I actually do because I've had that experience, you know, where I, I had, you know, something and it wasn't traumatic, you know, but it was just something where I believed a lie and because of that, it became more of a fear in my life. And at some point, you know, um, I had prayer. I had someone pray with me about it and realized that I I was like kind of entertaining a demon that, you know, was attached to that fear. But I guess the encouraging thing I always feel like is this the realization that Satan doesn't have power over you. The only power he has is lies. So once, you know, you can, you can, like you said, you can bring that to light and then let God speak into it. You know, I, I agree with you that you can, you know, tell that to go away in Jesus name. And I, I kind of like that you brought it up just because I, you know, we think of that as so such a weird thing, right? Like the demonic, but you know, I mean, Satan's our enemy and he says that very clearly all of Ephesians six. Yeah. From 10, 10 through 18 is all about the armor of God, but it starts out by saying our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the the heavenly realm, the spirits of darkness, right? So right. it's it's real. I always think of it this way, Elaine. I think of it like bullies, <laughs> you know? Oh, like that's cool. If a bully, I mean, it was bullies for me in school. That were coming up and go, oh, you're such a dog, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And if I just said, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, they would just keep hanging around me, just saying, you're such a dog, you're such a dog, no, I'm pretty, mm -hmm. you know, and that reason I'd just be crying and losing the battle, you okay. know, so, yeah. so I remember in um, seventh grade, finally I had the guts to stand up to somebody, and I, and I said, no, I'm not, and then I, Okay, I admit I cussed him out. Words I heard from my brother. I use those power words, you know. But anyway, and I, <laughs> I can't really blame me. I probably would have done something. My uh, my explanation, but anyway, and 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 I said, you know, get the, uh, out of here, and I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And they're like, oh, but they never came back, mm. you know. And so it's sort of the same thing is. If the lie is not going to, because often it is enough just to wash your mind with that truth. Mm -hmm. um, and you're inviting the Holy Spirit to bring healing as well, you know, and and you're looking into what Jesus and what God says about you. And I always say, why listen to, to people when the smartest one in the world and outside the world is God, right? So right, he knows, yeah. he's, he's the one that knows what's true, not what crazy people are saying to you, you know, but at the same time, I want to um, tell those bullies, you don't, you don't own me, Jesus Christ owns me, and, you know, I'm not submitting myself any longer to your lies, um, or to the ways that you've been attacking me, but again, I have to do it in the name of Christ, that's what he's told me, so in Jesus' name, authority he's given me, I command you to go, and, they do. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you know, I had an experience really uh, recently with, you know, dealing with a, a difficult family member that I've had, I've struggled with, and uh, it's not necessarily them either. I mean, I think maybe a lot of it's me, but um, I was just praying about it in church, and you know, I, I definitely felt like I didn't feel like I wanted to to be kind mm. but I knew that it, what nothing was going to change unless I did and I just kept you know praying over that and asking God to help me do it even though I didn't feel like doing it you know yeah. and it was just so awesome because I just walked in it right I just walked in it even though I didn't feel it mm -hmm. and it was amazing like just how well it it worked <laughs> yeah that's awesome you know, and then when there was more more reconciliation over time, it became easier, right? Like mm, yeah. I, I I did feel kind, and I felt like I wanted to be kind, and I think that that it I kept thinking of that old DC talk song, "Love is a Verb." <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I think it was empowering though because it it just reminded me that you don't have to feel it. Yeah. At first, you just have to walk in it. Yeah. I I do want to say I'm I'm big on holistic health. <laughs> and so I I even though I do talk about spiritual warfare, um that's not the end all or answer to everything. You know, it it can be a part of it. But and it's not just lies that kind of thing. It's mm -hmm. also uh, we need to take care of our bodies. Sometimes we're in premenopause, you know. When you're in your yeah, for sure. I know about that. <laughs> or, or your menstrual, you know, you just have a really 
awful menstrual cycle that affects you emotionally or perhaps you've been struggling with depression it could be uh, passed down genetically as well it could be because you're experiencing depression you've altered the chemical uh, balance in your body and so well you can like for me when I counsel people if if they're really have been in a period of depression for a long period of time uh, I personally believe they do need medication because what they're adding is they're you know they're adding meds that are helping to stimulate the natural dopamine and things in your body that give mm-hmm. you happiness and joy mm-hmm. and can help you to even think straight so that you yeah. can get counseling and that's the thing if if you um, are all out of balance let's say you don't even know that you're you are bipolar because a lot of times bipolar doesn't surface till you're 25 or so so yeah you don't know it from childhood so that can make it very difficult you go to some conference like mine and i don't mean to make people think all you got to do is is say you know, I reject this lie and I take on the truth and that's it. You need it's holistic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, if if you're never taking time for yourself to get rest when you need it, to you know get exercise, to build friendships, to have some some joy in life, you know, that's um, great. Mm-hmm. Then uh, same thing, you can <laughs> you you could burn out even though you've rejected every lie. So please think of this as holistically, um, am I taking care of my, my body, my mind, my spirit, mm-hmm. your whole, my relationships? If you're going through a really rough marriage, well, that's pretty, pretty, pretty tough to navigate. I wouldn't do it alone. Find yeah, for a trusted sure. community that can help you and you might have a, a mentor or a counselor, that kind of thing. I love that because, you know, even the exercise can increase your dopamine and your serotonins and all that and make you just feel a little bit more accomplished. And, you know, I remember with with special, well, I still exercise, but when I with little kids, I had to do it in the morning because that was kind of the only time. But, you know, you do it and then you would feel like an uplift, you know, like when you first started doing it, it was sucked. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually, like, you can't not do it because if you don't do it, you don't you don't feel, you know, that really good happiness that it brings you. I think similar to like some people like to get up and read their Bible in the morning, you know, and and, you know, connect with God. You know, there's that spiritual sustenance that kind of helps you. I highly recommend the rest of the day. Okay, I'll come exercise and come back to that. So research has shown a 25 minute brisk walk does more to help your chemically in your body than an antidepressant oh yeah well it saved my husband he uh, he was really struggling and he started running again and it was what really got the stress down for him and i know that's not everyone i've had people that didn't work for and they needed you know to use some medicine as well so but yeah it can be really life-saving yeah but i think we kind of hit on something really important I think getting us aligned with what's true what God says and definitely 
I really encourage people, including moms with little kids, like you said, you just got to get up really early sometimes, or you can, not with six kids, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but when you have, most people don't have six kids, but you have less kids. And I used to take my boy out on walks and we would go look at the we're in the Philippines at that point. We go look at the rooster farms. Of course, they were using them for cockfighting, which is right. Terrible. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they were beautiful roosters, and they're really fun. But we go on these walks, and so first, you know, they're in a stroller or in a wagon or whatever when they're young, and that's your chance to. I would say don't. I love podcasts, and that's cool. But you can listen to a podcast while they're playing or whatever. They're just having to listen to. But I would just engage with God, and and if mm-hmm. if they wake up really early, well, you scribble down some awesome verse that you can meditate, and you attach it, tape it to your stroller, and go out. And while they're enjoying the scenery, or you know you. I used to take my kids to the Playlands at McDonald's mm-hmm. and, and I would have my Bible and my quiet time there. And sometimes I even through that end up getting to share the gospel because people are like, oh, your kid's so cute. Oh, what are you reading? And so you tell them, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. So you can you can integrate these things and listening to praise songs with your kids. and mm-hmm. But definitely daily get your mind into the word because and especially first thing is really helpful it can put verses in your bathroom on the wall mm-hmm. wherever um that's a good thing to do by the way i have a friend that actually laminated and put them in her shower <laughs> oh my gosh that's hilarious yes yeah, so that's one i've never heard before <laughs> yes yeah, get the word in your head um <laughs> is really important first thing because then once you start the day then you're going to get bombarded yes. by the the craziness of the world and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's totally, that's so important. I love that the whole holistic idea too, mm-hmm. because you're right. You, you have to have community. And if you're going through a tough time, I, I mean, even if you're not, I mean, we go to like women's Bible study once a week here in our neighborhood. And by the way, that just started because one of the, one of the, uh, one of my neighbors was just like, hey, do you guys want to read a book together? So it was like super low key. There's nothing super spiritual about what we do or anything. And <laughs> we spend the majority of the time just talking about life. But I, I feel like you you need something like that because I think life is sort of like a lot of times you feel like you're a boxer and, you know, you're in the ring and you're boxing, but you need to go step out of the ring every once in a while and go to your corner and get pumped back up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to have like those people in your life that can be that for you. Yeah, I think devotionals can be really cool for moms because they're short. Um, I've written a couple that I could mention. One, they're all on um, Amazon. If you just type in my name, Sue Coral, that all comes okay. up. My Bible study and, you know, books. But one is called I'll Show You. You can see the name called More Beautiful by the Day. And nice. it's just short. Um they all come out of my own quiet time. You know, I was oh, writing wow. them for a year. And so they're just sweet stories that uh, help the word come alive and can relate to your like everyday experiences to help you more see 
how God sees you. You know, how does that's God awesome. also deals with um, truths not only about yourself, but then of God and of others mm. and how to live in a beautiful way with others. The most recent one, well, actually, most recent one's another one, but I'll tell you one I wrote during COVID called For Such a Time as This Walking mm. Through Crisis. There's a lot of For Such a Time as This books, but this one subtitles Walking Through Crisis. And Myself and for my friends, we put these together during COVID to help us have a perspective to get through really tough times. So the four sec- sections, the first is called the struggle, just identifying the emotions. A lot of us couldn't really pinpoint why we were so depressed during Yeah. COVID. So beginning to identify that and then how we respond and again we can we can respond in wrong ways and we can either feel guilty or shame about that or we we don't know where to go with our emotions so it deals a lot with that and then how God responds just his kindness when we're going through those hard things and finally how grieving can bring hope so those are the sections. So that's just an idea. Or there's a lot of great devotionals out there. You probably have some, too, on your website, I'm sure. That kind of oh, thing. Oh, I love that, though. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely poignant, you know, for women, especially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But so, it's so, sweet. So, I'm sorry I, to interrupt you. Tell, tell me about your um, website and a little bit more about how to connect with you. Okay, great. So, um my ministry website is Crown of Beauty International, one word, www.crownofbeautyinternational.com. And on that, you'll actually see when you bring it up a video that explains, I'm talking, you see me come up and uh, has a little bit about my story, but it talks about all the different aspects of our ministry, about our Bible studies, our conferences, our mission trips, that kind of thing. And then on there, we have a weekly devotional that gets posted. I've written uh, quite a few of them but and continue to write them. But there's uh, I have two other writers now with me. Nice. <laughs> so they're, they're posting as well. Uh, you can buy my books right off of that. It'll take you right to the Amazon site under resources. We have some other things like videos and some other um different kinds of helpful tools that you can get as well. So, yeah, nice. so that's that. I We also have Instagram, same thing, Crown of Beauty International. Um, I personally also have, oh, our email for that is Crown of, Be- Crown of Beauty International at gmail.com. Uh, I ha- personally have uh, a new website, just Sue Coral. Okay. Um, and that has more my story. It goes oh, nice. a little deeper if you wanted to look. And I have a podcast, which Elaine is on. Or will yeah. Be, um, probably in the summer, Elaine, because we have a you know backlog. Um, but we talked more together today about uh, some parenting things. So thank you, Elaine. So that is called His Heartbeat with Sue Coral, and um, we've been doing that every week. Every Thursday we post again, and we 
take questions from all of you, all the listeners. They send in questions to us and we take one question at a time. And so Elaine and I dealt with uh, how do you measure success, especially as a parent. So that was interesting. Yeah, that was a funny fun kinds. We have other ones on parenting. We have ones on emotions, how to deal with our different emotions, anxiety and uh, depression and guilt, all these things. Shame. We have ones on uh, other relationship topics. We have ones on how to go deeper with God. So it's like a conversation that we'll have between myself and one other person. Yeah. Yes, it's excellent. You should check it out. It's very well done. Thank you. Well, we, and we will put the links to all that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Sue. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It was fun. Thank you, Elaine. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I know that a lot of women will be blessed and they can definitely get more resources there if they want to pursue a healing for themselves. Um, she also does events. And if you're interested in having her do an event for your church or organization or you want to put something together, she'd love to do that. Yeah, I do. And I don't charge a lot. Because uh, I work for crew and I make a salary through that. And so um, the only thing we we charge is for the materials that we bring, which is minimal. We, we uh, the notebook that we bring for the conference and uh, we like to be able to sell our our books at your conference, you know. So, uh, yeah, invite us and uh, we would love to, to come and bless you. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Thank you. And thanks. Thanks for being here. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Um, make sure you check out all the links for Sue. And also don't forget to go to imaginemom.com slash book and grab my book and also sign up for our giveaway at imaginemom.com slash win. I can't wait to hear from you.